Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The scripture reading was the story of the wise man. And the story of the wise man is probably one of the most mysterious in the Christmas story. When we look at scripture, we find that there are several questions that we can't answer through the biblical text regarding the wise men. For example, how many were there? We think three because of the three gifts, but there could have been more. Where did they come from? We don't know for sure. How long did their journey take? We don't know. The wise men seem to suddenly show up out of nowhere And just as quickly, they're gone. Scripture doesn't give us very many details, but perhaps we don't need to know very many details about the wise men, because after all, the focus of the Christmas story is not the wise men. The focus of the Christmas story is Jesus. But one thing I'm certain of this morning is that just as the wise men 2,000 years ago sought and found and followed Jesus, wise men and women do the same thing today. And so, instead of focusing on what we don't know about the wise men, let's look at what we do know about the wise men. First of all, a wise man's journey is a journey of faith. Look at the question that the wise man asked in verse 2 of our scripture reading. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east. When I read this, I think, what would cause somebody to leave safety and security to go on a mission as dangerous as this one. According to scripture, they didn't know where they were headed. They had no idea what would happen on the journey. They didn't know how long it would take. So why would they do it? Some would do it for money, but there was no pay involved, according to scripture. They did it because of their faith. There's no doubt in their words whatsoever. They said, where is he that has been born king of the Jews? So they believed that Jesus had been born. Their question was simple. Where is he? We want to find him. They had seen the star 
All the evidence was there. Now all they wanted to do was find him. So they were willing to risk everything in order to find Jesus. Can you imagine the reaction of their friends and their neighbors? Perhaps they had a conversation something like this. Hey, wise men, are you going on a journey? Yes, we are. Where are you going? Uh, we don't know for sure. How far is it? Well, we don't know that either. Well, how long are you going to be gone? Don't know. Boy, for wise men, you sure don't know very much, do you? <laughs> Talk about faith. But friends and neighbors must have said the same thing to Abraham when he left home for the promised land. In fact, when God called Abraham, he told him, leave your country, leave your people, leave your household, and go to a place that I will show you. And the Bible says, so Abraham left as the Lord told him and went to a place that he did not know. Talk about faith. Friends must have said the same thing to Noah when God told him to build a boat 450 feet long on the backside of a desert where it had never rained before. And the scripture says, Noah did it. Talk about faith. And again, when Peter and Andrew, James and John left their families, left their fishing, and became fishers of men. Talk about faith. Why would anyone do something like that? Because following God is a journey of faith. The writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews whatever chapter, it's in the book of Hebrews, tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. Now notice what the writer said. He didn't say it's hard. He didn't say it's difficult. He didn't say, man, you're going to have a tough time with this. He said, it is impossible to please God without faith. People of faith have been willing to follow God for ages when they didn't have all the details. You see, we live in a society where we say, give me proof. Can you prove that to me? I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to touch it. And then maybe I'll believe. But God comes along and says, believe me and I'll show you. Believe me and I'll show you. So a wise man's journey is a journey of faith, a journey of trust in God. But secondly, a wise man's journey is a journey of worship. When the wise men went on this journey, it was for the purpose of worship because the second verse of the scripture reading says, where is he that has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now the scripture tells us that they brought with them three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was a sign of wealth. It was a gift fit 
for a king. And it reminds us today that God deserves the very best that we have. Not the leftovers, but the very best that we have. Frankincense is mentioned 17 times in the scripture. It was used for incense during prayer. It was used in sacrifices. And myrrh? Myrrh was used to anoint every part of the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And myrrh was poured on the feet of Jesus just a week before his death. So all of those gifts were appropriate because they were coming to worship a king. Verse 11 of the scripture reading tells us that they came into the house, not a stable, so it gives you some idea that the journey took some time. Jesus was now a little bit older. They saw the young child and his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. This was not a formal bow. This was not a and up. This was uninhibited worship. They prostrated themselves. By the way, do you know that Jesus is coming again? You do, don't you? And do you know that we're going to be given the opportunity to bow down and worship him? In your mind's eye, what does that look like to you? What do you think you'll do? I don't know about you, but my imagination can run wild sometimes. And I begin to think, what will it be like to actually look into his face? The song says, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I shout hallelujah? Or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. When I stop to think of what that moment will entail, my heart just cries. What will I do when I look into his face? His first coming was announced by angels. His first coming for the Shepherds was announced by a choir of angels singing. The king found him and knew that he was born because of a star. However, his second coming won't need angels. His second coming won't need stars. The scripture in Thessalonians tells us that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And listen to this. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Isn't that exciting? When we celebrate this Christmas experience and we see him come as a babe and we watch him grow and we read the crucifixion story and the death and the burial and then we come to the point where we say this is not the end. We've read the whole story. We know what happens. He's coming again and he's going to announce his own coming and every eye will behold him. 
The truth is, the kings may have come as, ki as pagan kingmakers, but they left changed into followers of God. You see, not only did the shepherds have a journey of faith, not only did they have a journey of worship, but they also had a journey of change. The scripture tells us in Matthew 2 and 12, when they, they, it was time to, left, to leave, they went home another way because God had warned them in a dream not to go back to hear it. It's interesting to me that after they made such a long trip, which was its guest about a thousand miles, that when they headed back, their GPS said, don't go the way you came. You need to go this way. They may have come as pagan kingmakers, but they left changed into followers of God, not a star. Anyone that truly has an encounter with Jesus will leave changed. They no longer were walking by sight as they followed a star. Now they're walking by faith. They didn't need any more information than what they had. Don't go back to hear it. We don't always get all the explanations we want. We must simply walk by faith. The wise men were told to take a different route. They were told that they could not go back the same way they came. I want to tell you, when you come to Jesus, you will leave a different person. You won't be the same in Jesus' name as you were when you came. Once you've met God, it changes everything. You aren't the same. You can't travel the way you traveled before. You can't walk the way you walked before. You can't talk the way you talked before. The old chorus says, oh, what a change, what a difference to have an encounter with God. Life takes on a new meaning when you have an encounter with God. Living and loving each other, living and loving our God. Oh, what a change, what a difference to have an encounter with God. We have lots of proof of that. Think of Jacob how he wrestled with God, and God touched him. And scripture tells us that Jacob never walked the same again. Maybe you'd like to have a conversation with Isaiah. Isaiah stepped into God's presence, and immediately he said, Woe is me, I am undone. I dwell amongst the people, an unclean people, for my eyes have seen the king. Isaiah was never the same again. How about Job? Job questioned God over and over and over as to why he was suffering so much. But then God showed up and Job said, I am speechless. I have no words. That's what happens when we come into the presence of God and we start a journey with him. Do you remember when it happened for you? How different is your life today because of your encounter with God? Now, I want us to look for just a couple more minutes at some lessons we can learn from the wise men. First of all, the wise men found God while they were busy. 
They were doing their jobs when God spoke to them. Never forget that God wants to speak to us through the circumstances of our lives. And here's what I mean by that. Let's look at our week. We have seven days in a week. We have 24 hours in a day, which means we have 168 hours in a week. Now, for a moment, let's say that we spend an hour a day in prayer and Bible study. That's seven hours a week. Then let's say that we sleep for eight hours a day. I wish that we sleep for eight hours a day. That's 56 hours a week. That means that after prayer and Bible study and sleep, we still have 150 hours of our week left. So the majority of our time is not spent in prayer and Bible study. The majority of our time is, is spent in what we, uh, let's call it the circumstances of life. God uses the circumstances of life, the good and the bad, to develop our character. Don't think for a minute that the hour we spend in prayer and Bible study or the hour that we spend in worship is all that there is to our spiritual life. We've done it, all set for the week, that's it. That's not the way our spiritual life goes. Things matter. They matter, these things, Bible study, prayer, and worship, matter, and they matter a lot. But our spiritual life encompasses more than that. And God will do the same thing in the circumstances of our lives as he did in the circumstances of the wise men's lives. Secondly, the wise men found their direction from consulting scripture. This is our roadmap. When you're stumped for an answer, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know who to ask, go to scripture. It's God's positioning system. It's our GPS. It tells us where to go and how to get there. Too many of us have faith, but we never do anything about it. We don't give feet to our faith. We kind of sit and wait for faith to do something for us before we start working on it ourselves. Thirdly, the wise men gave themselves in worship before they gave their gifts. They bowed down and worshipped Jesus. You know, God is a lot more interested in our hearts than he is in our gifts. He's a lot more interested in what our hearts are like than he is in the gifts and the talents, the things that we do. God wants your life before he wants your gift. God is interested in the deep recesses of your heart. And fourthly, if God can use a star to reach the wise man, he can use anything to reach us. Don't ever be surprised at what God will do to get your attention. He may use a book. He may use a song. He may use a conversation with a friend. He may even use a tragedy or a loss. He'll do what it takes to get your attention. Now, if the wise men 
can see and find Jesus. So can you. They traveled a long way to get to Jesus, through different cultures, through racial barriers, through religious barriers, not to mention King Herod, who was very opposed to what was going on. So it wasn't easy for them to get to Jesus, but they did. And if they did, you can, you can, you can, you can, and I can. There are several responses people make to the Christmas message. The response the wise men made was that they were eager to get to Jesus and they traveled until they found him. Herod's response was that he did everything he could to keep the wise men from finding Jesus. The religious leaders were five miles from Bethlehem. They knew what was happening. They'd heard it, but they didn't care. The very ones who live closest and should have been first to come to the manger never even showed up. See, knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is another. It's one thing to know something. It's quite another thing to believe something to the point that it changes your life. You may have heard this little riddle where three frogs were sitting on a log and one decided to jump in. And how many frogs are left? Two? No. Three. He decided, but he never took the leap of faith. Too many of us have said we believe, but we don't do anything about it. Maybe this morning you are, or I am, one of the frogs that's sitting on the log. If we are, it's time for us to take the plunge. It's time for us to start our journey with God. So let me ask you in closing, is your journey one of faith? Do you know that you know that you know that Jesus was born and that he's coming again? Is your journey one of worship? Do you stand in awe of him? as you enter his presence? Does he kind of take over your emotions and your feelings and you give him everything that you have in worship? Is your journey one of change? Have you allowed him to change you? Or maybe you haven't even started the journey. Maybe there's someone here in this building this morning Maybe there's somebody listening through live stream this morning and you're saying to yourself, I haven't even started that journey yet. Maybe you need to give some thought to that today. So our concluding question would be where we started. Where is he who is born king? Is he your Lord and your savior? Or is he just a nice story to listen to at Christmas time and to share with our children about the manger scene? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I know who Jesus is. He's more than just a story. He is the king of glory. I'm glad 
I know who Jesus is. Do you have room in your heart today? Is your life so cluttered and so mixed up and so out of line and out of tune that you haven't even thought about the real meaning of Christmas? Maybe you haven't even taken the first step on your journey. Maybe you don't even have faith to believe that. Well, guess what? Faith is a gift from God, and he'll give it to you right now. All you have to do is ask. Start your journey of faith today. Oh, come to my heart. Say that. Make it a prayer and allow it to happen. Lord Jesus, there's room in my heart for thee. Oh, come to my heart. Lord Jesus, come. There's room in my heart. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.